Yo. What's up? How's it going? <laughs> What's new? I'm good. Well, um, I was, uh, I'd asked the, the kids recently to um, tell me what they thought I believed in because I was, it was hard to think of what I believe in myself. Right. right. Yeah, weird. that was hard. Right. Well, like, what the hell? Like, it should be simple should to be figure obvious. out something that I believe in. Yeah. Um, maybe it's a, a sign that we should all be concerned about. But yeah. um, anyway, they, they gave me, the, the kids all gave me something, and uh, and so did Christy. So I, I thought I'd run that by you and see what you thought. Yeah. So question first, like just housekeeping-wise, did you ask them individually or as a group, like at the dinner table? Um, I... I think two of them were in the room the first time I asked it and mm -hmm. I said, write it down. So they, and I left. Oh, okay, then, cool. So they weren't, you weren't like, they weren't trying to articulate it on the fly. I don't think like so. Like to you. No, no. I, well, George started to, I think. And I was like, you have to just go write that down. I don't, I don't, I just want you to go write it down. I can't, yeah. It's almost like, it would be so uncomfortable for me to, I feel like it would be, I don't know why. I feel like it would, it would feel very awkward for someone to be saying that back to me it seems very uncomfortable it shouldn't like it could only be true right it ended up, it, none of it none of it was was uncomfortable for them that i could perceive they all seem no i mean for me if, if like <laughs> oh yeah yeah like my I kid nervous. telling me what i yeah that's what i mean right yeah. right yeah, yeah it's like hold a mirror up to my underlying motivations or something or yeah that's wacky well that kind of plays into like a YouTube video I saw last night about um, the value of journaling. And mm -hmm. this guy was like, all right, three columns. Uh, right column is things that happened that day and are things that are, oh, I can't remember how it was. But there was a, like, two of the column headers were, um, what would the biggest piece of garbage you do in response to the thing on the left column? And what would the the best version of you do in response to that thing. Oh, so like if you're, column. if you're the worst you, like what would the devil on your shoulder do? What would the angel on your other shoulder right. do? Oh, wow. I don't remember in the left column, maybe it was like kind of what you had planned or I don't, how you were going to spend your time. I, it's important to know what the left column was. Of course, I can't remember it, but <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Cause am I going to get like, you know, are people going to look at what I, this sum total of all of my worst habits and feed that back to me as my belief? <laughs> uh, right, exactly. Right, right, right. Yeah. You believe you're the center of the universe and everyone. Yeah. 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 Like George just walks over to the tape deck and hits play and like, cats in the cradle in the silver spoon. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm just like naked in the bathtub, slitting my wrist. Uh, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, like. That is, it is funny. Just like, it's almost like you ask the question and I would go, I would just go, just write it down. Don't tell me. I'll read it later. You know? Right. Uh, it's so weird. Like that, that's obviously a bad sign. Like that is a bad sign. Yeah. What are you, what are the, the people that you live with? What are they going to tell you? Right. Um, Why am I has, has developed as like their understanding of you. Cause like, and then compare that to what you think you tell them all the time. But like, <laughs> hopefully what they're feeding back to me is like not just things that I've repeated over and over again, but hopefully like there are things that I've repeated that like modeled behavior. I'm, Cause it's my an assumption of mine that modeled behavior matters more than like, that is a base assumption of mine as well. But, but it's so much harder. Finally a belief, I guess I've leaned on yeah. a belief. Yeah. It's so much harder. Cause it's so much easier That's to right. be like, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Right. 
Right. Mag- so this is funny. It just this just popped into my mind. Maggie's got this little Polaroid camera that like poops out these credit card sized Polaroids, and she took a picture. You know, she like runs around just taking random pictures, and she had she's got them all over the place. Uh, but she took one of them. She was just like standing in front of me, and I wasn't it was completely candid. I didn't see her come in or whatever, and she just took the picture. And so it was like a completely candid picture of me from her perspective. And I was like, I look like a giant, you know, because she's only like four (laughs) feet tall. And I'm like, I look scary as hell in this picture. Like, how can how can a little kid like walk around and not be terrified of me at all times? You know, it's just like, of course, they're just used to it. If anything, I'm getting smaller, right, compared to them. But I was just like, damn. So like to imagine that their perspective you know, the perspective of me I get is like shaving in the bathroom, you know, it's like straight, straight on or whatever. And, you know, you don't even see yourself after a while. And, uh, but then I was like, it just looked intimidating. But anyway, so like, so like um, to imagine that their perspective is, of course, it's going to be very different than like how you see yourself. And then it's like, you're like afraid there's going to be this huge cognitive dissonance between (laughs) what they see or what you see. And it's like, in either direction like like if they think i'm yeah. better than i am that would make me feel bad and if they thought i was worse than i thought i was that would make me feel bad like you want right. it to be aligned well so what happened well um so so there's just notes on a page so i can just list off the notes very quickly it's just a bunch of bullet points mm. really from from um, all different but did they align was there i gotta i gotta ask meta questions did did they ask what like how much interrogation did you get once you gave the assignment, was there a lot of like, like, what, what are you talking about? Or was it just like, okay. Uh, it, there was a, I think there was a little bit of setup, but not much. I mm-hmm. think, you know, it was why I think maybe got asked and like me clarifying, I'm just looking for like quick off the top of your head. You know, mm-hmm. it's not a big, it's not a big thing. It's just for me, you know, mm-hmm. for the podcast we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I think there was a little bit of setup there. Um, I said, yeah, you know, whatever's on your mind, like write it down. Mm-hmm. Okay. And was there a lot of overlap? I, there is some overlap. And I think probably I'm just looking at the paper that they wrote it down on. Mm. And um, it's like, George looks like he's got some ideas from what was, what was already on the page. Oh, so kind of like, yeah, uh, right. Yeah. So yeah, no, it didn't seem like anybody was too like, uh, like sweating it too much. Okay. Like your, um, and I your wonder 360 review as a parent. Oh yeah, have you ever done one of those? Uh-uh. At work? Uh-uh. No, I've heard I've of them. done a three, I, did, I did a 360 degree re- review and they're awesome because they have this patina that um they're completely like like independent and anonymous. Mm-hmm. Um but they're really not. I mean yeah. they're just not. Yeah, you could just like like totally tell who said what. I don't even know yeah, how it works, but Well, we had uh you know, this, this consultant was, was doing, you know, team building and organizational development, um, work with us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was like, look, I could use some individualized support for our group. And, uh, and I was like, you know, I just, I would like to get a sense of how I can support them better. So we started from there mm-hmm. and then she was like, Oh, well, I've done this, these 360 degree reviews before. So she started with, um, you know, a scripted, interview with with everybody that i worked with Mm -hmm. and took feedback and then she did a second round with them that kind of pushed on some things Mm -hmm. uh to make sure she was getting like what you know really like actionable kind of information Mm -hmm. yeah 
and then and then she kind of rolled it up and summarized it um and it was and it was supposed to be you know completely anonymous so people could be like freewheeling about it i think you know to a certain extent it was i think to i did get i did get criticism in it for sure but mm-hmm. i i think it's funny like we say that these things are anonymous but i think people have a really hard time actually getting through and and being completely transparent yeah 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 it was yeah. like when i when i left that executive uh program that three-week sleepaway camp and uh in cambridge mm-hmm. the end of it or towards the end of it there was like this one thing this exercise where they were like pair up and um and you've got to tell the other person what you think of them for real and you're never going to see them again so like really like lay in like like you got to put it all out there mm. and that i don't know how everybody did but i uh we really did it the, t- the two of us that were i mean i was like this has never happened Mm. And then at work since then, I've, I've invited that from people like mm-hmm. one-on-one and then it's clear to me that they weren't doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, I you got to say so little of myself. <laughs> it's just so that's fascinating how much, you know, what did you say it was three weeks? Yeah. Yeah. So there's like this whole build up to this moment where, you know, you've created, you must uh, presumably everyone must have created a certain amount of trust, but at the same time, you know, you're never going to see them again. So, and, and it's the reason you're all there. So you're super enrolled in the process versus like your boss being like, um, tell me whatever you, whatever's <laughs> tell me the truth about me. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Fat chance. It just feels right. like a trap. Yeah. It feels like a trap. Like what good could come of me telling you what I really think of you. Right. Um, I just, I tell everybody else behind your back. Like that's how it works. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. <laughs> But uh, they, one other just quick side note: they uh, it was sixty people in the in the class, and we started out in a uh, in the program. We started out all in like this like like uh, t- like auditorium kind of like semicircle seating, you know, tiered seating. Mm-hmm. And we, no one had in, but like one of the first things that they did was they said, "Look around the room and write down who the stupidest person who you <gasps> think is the stupidest person in the room. Write down in your notebook." <laughs> And of course, I mean, I would, of course, being, I would be like me, right? Cause that's the, cause, cause like, I would just assume that eventually we're going to have to reveal this. And the only non mean thing to say would be yourself. Right. So that, that, that's and a it would very be, smart thing. To it do. would be complete lie. Cause there's no way I would ever feel like I was the dumbest person in the room. Right. Even if I was. So there, there'd been like some activity <laughs> like before, like it had been a nice opportunity for some people to kind of like raise their hands and like, you know, I don't remember what all the opportunities for people to speak were, but there were, it was not a lot. It was, mm-hmm. it was basically like, it was enough so that they could say, look, you've developed some first impressions of the people here. Mm-hmm. Who's the stupidest. Right. And, uh, so great. And then, then they came back at the end and were like, we want you to go back to that spot in your notebook where you wrote down who the stupidest person was. And, uh, and then like, raise your hand if you were, if you were spot if you got on it right. yeah. and like two people raised their hand and then raise your <laughs> hand if, if you were like wildly off and the whole room's hands go shooting up and they were like, I just, they were like, if you remember nothing else from this program, just remember that your first impressions are garbage. Yeah. It's so great. And, and it, it's such it, a great exercise. It I was really that. good. It was powerful for me. I was like, so now when I interview people, I suck at it because interviews are just, and, and yeah. Yeah, it means you're good at interviews. Oh my God, that's a good one. All right, so what ended up on the bullet points? All right, so they're uh, science over religion, yeah. equity over equality, 
uh, fight hmm. fire with fire is counterproductive. Creation slash creating is key to a good life. Evil people can be turned. Ooh. Uh, you value showing up, okay. um, responding to people's needs, uh, science, democracy, equality. Yeah. So a lot of repetition in there. It all tracks for me. But what I, what I find ironic though, is like, I really do not see, uh, science as a, as in opposition to religion. So like, this is one where I'm a little bit nervous about because yeah, I do not want to be like part of the group that's like worshiping at the altar of science with all of its, I mean, it's just not suited to oppose or depose religion. It's just a different yeah, function two different departments. for me. Yeah. And I hate the fact that people think that like science is erasing religion because I think some of what religion does is deal with, um, you know, intuition and, uh, and belief and faith, which like, science wants to pretend it doesn't have. Yeah. Um, but like, how does an hypothesis start? It's like you be- anyway. Yeah. All those things. Yeah, exactly. And, right. How do you know what, how do you decide which questions no, to ask? Like there's no humility if science imagines that it would depose religion because like science is casting a net to attempt to understand all these things, but it has, it's understood so little um, at the, it's understood a lot, but there's so much it, doesn't understand and may never understand because of the limits of our inputs. And it's like, you're going to walk around and pretend that science is ruling the day when you're literally flying through space. You don't know where it's going. You don't know where this planet is going. You know, you don't know how it's held up. You don't, you know, nothing, Mm -hmm. but you're going to talk to me about science. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I agree not to go off on a tangent, but like, I agree that they're just orthogonal. They're just not related. A lot of people treat them like they're related though, which is the alarming thing. Where it's like they're not mutually exclusive, but if you're going to talk, if if I'm going to decide which tool to use to uh, pick a doctor, I'm going to use like the science tool. I'm going to pick a doctor that's into the, into the science <laughs> right. thing and not like Christian science. But if again, I'm gonna... like, are you looking for predictable, repro- reproducible results? Go to science, mm-hmm. and it's not perfect there. But like, if your arm has been lopped off mm-hmm. and you'd like to not bleed out, like. You know, pull your hands apart, stop praying, get right. the tourniquet that has been identified, yeah. you know, through experimentation as the way to go. And- right. But science isn't going to tell you, you know, like even even outside of religion, like science, you cannot apply the scientific method to who's going to win the World Cup. Like it's not possible because you can't. It's not it's not reproducible. So there's nothing to falsify. So it just doesn't work. And know? praying for sporting events is clearly the province of religion. Obviously, and that's yeah. It's yeah. the only chance to influence the outcome. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Right. It's where the magic all happens. Yeah. To me, it, to me, it is completely orthogonal. I've always, I've always found it strange when there's like a Wikipedia f- for religion, you know, like a specific religion. I'm not sure which one. And I'm like, why are you even fighting that? Like, why are you trying to prove it? Isn't the whole thing based on belief? You know, just, just like dodge the whole bullet and be like, Hey, if you need proof, you came to the wrong place. This is where we believe things based on faith. And so for them to like get into the fight of like, no, we can prove that the world is 2,300 years old. It's like, okay, come on. Well, that's where they have, that's where it runs into so much trouble is when it gets into where it, where it overlapped into describing the world and how the world works. Yeah. Good point. Right. Yeah. Like why would it, I mean, maybe it makes for a better story. It makes it more concrete. It makes it easier to believe. But it wasn't um, problematic at the time. Yeah, at the time before carbon dating or whatever, or just thinking like, well, that's actually not that many generations ago. 
and yeah so you know is it any is it any you know but at the same time when you hear like an astrophysicist talk about the big bang doesn't sound very different in terms of like well just believe me than somebody talking about like god created the world in seven days you know it's like it's totally it's about as close to baseless as you could get you know it's like super duper theoretical uh this is like any i haven't like studied it but a couple i've seen a couple of explanations of like what what happened you know what was happening before the big bang and and the, the person responds like that question doesn't even make sense like there was no time before the big bang and then i'm like okay now we're talking tooth fairy so you know and and it could be that i'm just a dumb ape you know but no i i think i i think that's part of the problem is that we're we are um i i I'm my intuition is that there is a difference between a faith-based approach to the description of creation and the big bang, but it's a, um, the priests, uh, that are like, they, you know, the public didn't speak, uh, the public didn't read. Right. So the priests had to translate and they had to speak it. And and it it came from the word of, of the priests on the religion side. And then now we have, um, you know, mathematicians who are speaking a language that we can't, we can't read, read and there's no <laughs> hope for us to be able to read it. And so we, it's only, but the difference to me is that there's a reasonable expectation that, that what they are, the language they're speaking is a language of, of, uh, of math mm-hmm. and, and it's playing out in a way that so far their, their track record is decent to be able to in, you know, influence the, the practical world. Like there's, that group of individuals has had an impact on all of our daily lives through oh, yeah. the math that underpins the big bang theory. Right. So I have to give them a little bit of credit, I think. Oh yeah. Tons. But the, at the same time, it's like, wouldn't it be better if they were just honest and didn't speculate? So it's like, it's kind of like in my, in my perfect world, scientists would be like, I don't know. And if somebody was like, what about the big bang? They'd be like, I have no, I have no idea. I've never tested it. There's no experiment. We have no data on that. So I was, I'm, and I refuse to speculate. And just that would be more scientific if you ask me. And on the, uh, on the flip side for the religion side, it'd just be like, I'm, I'm not going to prove that if you need me to prove this to you, you're in the wrong place. You know? Well, I think that what you're getting at there is like, what are the levels of conjecture? And, and I just don't think people are, are disciplined enough in how they reference them. So like, uh, what is a hypothesis? Mm-hmm. Like it, I think that it has to be able to be disproven. And then oh, yeah. what's a thesis? I don't know. Like what, like, so when you, when they have, when you have the big bang theory, once it gets the status of theory, mm-hmm. then like what hurdle has it crossed over from right. like, just like to a law, like where you're the law of gravity. Yeah. Right. Right. How do you even get to a law? You know, I mean, that's also just a really big presumption that the way that everything works is an unchanging set of cause and effect. But like, mm-hmm. I think having a nomenclature would be interesting. This like make me want to do a little bit of homework. Just like, what is the progression of knowledge? I guess this is what epistemology is in philosophy yeah. is like, what is the progression? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the- I don't know where the Big Bang Theory is on that yeah. Um, spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that people i think people do a disservice to, it's it's like the language the language is not great around this and it's a very imprecise thing so to like just call something a law it, it's just it's a word that's thrown around quite a bit and you know like and it does have this sort of immutable sense to it even though laws aren't immutable so i guess that's fair but but it does have this like law of gravity and it's like well 
you know, it's really predictable in many ways, at least heuristically, you can pretty much guarantee that if you knock your coffee cup off the edge of the desk, it's going to go down, not up. And, you know, if I was going to bet my life on it, I would. So, you know, and that's, and that's the utility, right? And that's part of what right. we were getting at is like, I think we talked about this previously is it's like, there's one standard of where you would want these frameworks to be objectively correct all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can say for the social contract and for all practice, practical purposes, this is so freaking dependable that we have, that we value it mm-hmm. and it may not be right or for all change. time and forever. Yeah. Yeah, but like it's our it's, best current guess or it's our best current. Yeah. I mean, it's not a guess. It's like an educated guess, but it's our best current explanation. It's our best current predictions. And to me, the value of science is comes 100 percent down to predicting the future. If, you know, given these conditions, given conditions X, Y and Z, A, B and C are going to happen. And until the day that 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 A, B and C don't happen, And then we have to figure out, you know, that's where quantum physics kind of comes from. It's like Newtonian was great until relativity. And then, you know, it's like, okay, so for our limited exposure to the sensory realm, Newtonian physics for all practical purposes might as well be objectively true, but it's not objectively true. It's just that we're never in the situations where it isn't, where it isn't obviously wrong. So it's like impossible for us to be in a situation where we can observe that it's obviously wrong, but it doesn't mean it's not, you know what I mean? It doesn't mean it's not useful. It's still, I think we talked before, it's like still used for like a lot of things. So it does come down to the utility and, and you, I guess you could argue, I mean, I've certainly met people who got a lot of utility out of being a member of a church, like for sure. Yeah. A lot of utility. But, but, but again, it's like, there is. I still think that there's conflicts that they that you have to take into account, and and I think part of where the, some of the challenges come from is when a lot, some of the faith-based components are um, some of the just the demonstrably false beliefs in religious settings are bleeding over into like public policy and becoming <laughs> challenging for uh, for for a broader swath of folks like I, I i i'm not on strong ground here but like you know there's always gonna be different populations for which you know things can be useful but i guess what i'm saying is like the scientific method and i looked this up while we were talking so uh, a theory versus a hypothesis so a hypothesis proposes a tentative explanation or prediction great something um, to test yeah this, the scientist bases a hypothesis on a observed event and makes an educated guess as to how or why it occurs and then that hypothesis can be proven true or false by testing and experimentation. Mm-hmm. Theory, on the other hand, is a substantiated explanation for an occurrence. Theories rely on tested and verified data, and scientists widely accepted theories to be true, though not unimpeachable. So, like the Big Bang theory is not just a, uh, you know, we observe that the universe is expanding, and uh, we observe the speed of light, and we observe, you know, where everything. If you if you wind the clock back, we start to see that it came from a spot, you know, and uh, and and there's data behind that again that you and I aren't privy to. But again, do you have trust? trust right. That, Who do you trust? Like, are they just completely making up? Like this is like there's a peer-reviewed scientific community that when they're failing, they don't do it well, and we could that'd be a whole other discussion about how. Yeah, how would you even know? If they were, yeah, yeah, peer review is not happening well. The incentives are all wrong with granting, and people are. Mm-hmm. Science may be executed poorly, but 
but the idea when science sense. is executed with fidelity you have a community that would see if this these things were were false demonstrably false mm-hmm. whereas if you have a religious community that is laboring under the assumption that you know if you you know slit a child's throat and bleed it out in a farm that you're gonna have a better crop this year <laughs> like that's demonstrably false like if you put it to the scientific method let's not right so <laughs> let's just <laughs> skip that test right yeah. or leeches or whatever but i mean it, medicine used right. to be a profession it didn't used to be i uh, sorry uh, yeah it used to be a, it used to be a medical profession it wasn't medical science so when people were you know barbers were cutting people's cutting people open to bleed them out and putting leeches on them and stuff that was a profession kind of like consulting let's say or legal profession it wasn't scientific it became scientific and people argue that like well there's still a lot of like wiggle room in there where where people are just doing their best and they don't they can't explain why something's working but it appears to be working or you know whatnot but it feels yeah and 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 stomach troubles are a great example here where you know it's it's medical people have all kinds of issues with their stomach that that modern medicine still doesn't fully understand it's it's one of those areas that may be so complex that maybe it never like predicting the weather Mm. like what is this the impact of this food that i have gonna like being able to approach that from a scientist it doesn't seem to have happened at this point Mm. for i don't know why it's complexity or whatever and so people they can go to their doctor and seek relief not get it and then they go to other methods like homeopathic methods or you know you go to your doctor, I, I, these hot flashes are driving me nuts mm. and they're not, I'm not even having them. They're my wife's hot flashes and they're dry. Is there anything you can do for me? Uh, and he's like, here, put this wax in your ears. And, uh, no, but like, it's, it's, it's like horrible for her, the hot flashes and they're like, can't do anything for you. So it's like at that point, yeah, if somebody else is saying they have a solution and it's, it's not science, mm. but it's profession homeopathic profession i guess at that point okay so here's a story that i think relates to what you're talking about when i was in atlanta i was having i've had chronic neck pain not severe usually but for some reason when i was in atlanta it really hit me hard like i couldn't i almost couldn't drive because i couldn't turn around to look behind me to back up so i would like park in a place where i didn't have to back up i would have to like park so i could pull through or pull out you know like without having to turn around. So it was, it was fairly, it was becoming more and more debilitating in a, in a, in a, a real, very real sense. And I had never had any luck with doctors before. Um, I had gone to chiropractors, did nothing. I've had some success with chiropractors for back stuff, but this, it wasn't helping. And so my boss at the time is pretty uh, free thinker. And he was like, well, I, I had a problem with my wrist and I went to this acupuncturist uh, in North Atlanta that like literally fixed it in 15 minutes, like permanently or for a long time, you know, it's like, I'll try anything, you know, like you're saying, it's like, well, traditional Western medical science has failed me. Um, okay. So I'm going to, and, and by the way, doesn't profess to know everything, right? Yeah. Like they, they fine. don't say that they know everything. And that that's part of the, the, also this problem of like, what's the pedestal that it's put up on? Like mm. it, it deserves to be on a pedestal, but like it, they don't know everything yet. Yeah. Like it, or, or will ever. I mean, we've talked to Ben about this before. Or, He's like, if you get in a car accident, you want to go to Western medicine. But if you have pain, we don't even know how to measure it. Yeah. Like, like ran, like unknown pain, like your pain for some unknown reason. They're like, we, we yeah. can't even reliably measure it. So how would you even, 
We don't know studying. what it is. Right. We don't even know what it is. So anyway, yeah. so I go to this, I, I'm like, well, what the hell? You know, like, uh, it was not that far away. It was really inexpensive. Uh, it's weird. I mean, they're going to stick needles in you and stuff, but supposedly it doesn't hurt or whatever. So I go in and, uh, and they put needles all over me and didn't, you don't really feel it. Uh, and I was like, you know, and I got up, you know, I just leave you sitting there in this sort of like dark room. Um, and I, I think I fell asleep even or like whatever, but they come back in and they're like, okay, you know, take the needles out. And they're like, like, how do you feel? And I'm like, it's, this, it's this, you know, I was like, it felt, it didn't feel like anything happened. And they were like, I was like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like anything. And they're like, well, can you turn your head? And I'm like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I can turn my head. Like it was, I mean, this sounds like one of those stupid stories like, oh, the, you know, the, the fortune teller picked my wife or whatever, you know, but it was so concrete. Like, and you can say it was psychosomatic or, or whatever you want to say, but it fixed it literally Yeah. in 15 minutes. I was like, fine. And it's never come back. So I'm like, and this is this like 20 years ago, 25 years ago. So, so, so when you see something like that, that's awesome. First of all, so that's cool. Awesome. So cool. And you know, just one person's story, your mileage may vary, but what it always, uh, what always occurred to me is like, okay, like how many sciences are there now? A dozen, how many were there 200 years ago? Two, three. So like there haven't always been sciences. So how do we know that we've gotten them all? How do we know that we found all the sciences? Like maybe, um, I, I wouldn't bet a dollar on this, but maybe astrology turns out to be scientifically provable in some way and it becomes its own science or like, like acupuncture, maybe there can, could be some, some Western scientific explanation about what's going on there. And if it's true, if, if it was, let's say that there were, you know, this, these like sort of, uh, almost like, I, I think their explanation, because there's like posters and stuff on the wall. I think their explanation was along the lines of like, there's a almost like a vascular system for air quotes energy, which I know is super duper pseudoscience, but there's this almost like a vascular system for energy that has different pressure points. And, you know, from being in martial arts and doing, doing like wrist grabs and stuff and doing these different pressure points in martial arts, it's weird. Like someone can stick their thumb in your foot and it hurts your head. Like, so on the one hand, that sounds insane. On the other hand, everything is connected. Literally, like you can see that your body is connected to all the parts. So why is it so far-fetched that there's not some shortcut from your foot to your neck or something, whatever it might be? So I don't know if they're, you know, the explanation that they have might be wrong, but it does seem like that a, I wouldn't call it a science, but a practice has grown up that, that reliably would produce results. Just, a, you know, like thousands, literally thousands of years of experimentation, trial and error that produced some kind of reliable outcomes but no one can figure out why. So maybe yeah, that, there's I mean, a science hidden like, in there. That the thing with the needles has got to be on par with the first person to drink cow milk. I mean, it's like you wait, you're gonna do what? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it's right up there with leeches. But yeah. but at the same time, it worked instantly. Like it was so night and day that it's really hard to. It wasn't like a few days later I woke up and I felt like a little bit better, and then it kind of went away. It was like I laid down gone. and I couldn't turn my head, and I got up and I could. It's awesome. Yeah, it was weird. Well, I well, I I went down this rabbit hole the other night about um uh addiction and um overdose mm. and uh pain management mm. uh, was related to it and it took me to this site that was basically just walking through kind of what what you were saying about 
you know, pain being something that just really is not well understood right now at all from a scientific. I mean, everybody understands pain intuitively, like, a, yeah, pain. Get yeah. it. I you hit know? my thumb with a hammer. It hurts. Yeah. And then, but the way that it's handled, you know, with science is just, um, is not super clear. And yet there are these drugs that people take that make the pain go away to the point where, you know, you can do surgery on them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, and it just takes me back to, I mean, it's just, it's just, how is that? It's not magic because it's repeatable over and over again, but like, it's just, just funny. Like we, our understanding has, has limits. We understand the impact, we understand what it does, but, um, but controlling pain through acupuncture is, I'm just looking at like the NIH website right now. And it's saying like, we know that it, it can have an, like they're doing studies on it and they're finding that it does really? have impact on, on pain. It turns out because as you were talking, I was like, I, I was like, I think this is a covered benefit. I'm like, health insurers <laughs> would never cover this if it didn't do anything, you know? Um, oh, that's fascinating. But I think there's, because I think pain is becoming such an expensive proposition in terms of uh, addiction and the cost of, you know, uh, that all, all of the costs are related to pain management, that there's an incentive to look for healthier ways to manage pain than, uh, than some of these highly addictive medications that are around. Hmm. Hopefully. Yeah, come in. Hello. Hugs. Yes, the the natives are getting restless over here. Well, listen, that's a that's great. Is that Maggie? Oh, hold on. Say again. Hey Maggie, is that you? Yeah. Hey kiddo. How you doing? Good. Do you see uh any Eevees today? Uh no. I wasn't playing Pokemon Go today. Too distracted oh. on too distracted on twenty forty. Oh, she got a new game, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah? What's well, 2048? That sounds like a future 2048 game. 2048 is... Yeah, I know. It sounds like a new year. 2048, you start off with a two. Two twos, and you move one two together, and it turns into a four, and you just keep on scrambling till you get to 20. I have it on That's my fun. computer and iPad. Maggie likes numbers. Yep. Oh, yeah? Me too. Numbers are awesome. All right, so it's going to be about dinner time here, so I should wrap. Yeah. All right. Talk cool. to you soon, Maggie. Good chatting with you. All right, man. Take it easy. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye, y'all.